0: Coming up on Chasing the Natty, it's do or die time for everyone, both for teams on the field and for you at home in your CFF playoff leagues. I'll be breaking down this week's biggest games in addition to the games of the highest over-unders. The first round of the CFF playoffs are here and we'll talk about that and more right after this. Goes to the end zone. Oh, what a catch! Devontae Smith! Touchdown, Alabama! Watch out for Mr. Robinson. This kid is going to be special and is already flashing. This is Chasing the Natty, a college football fantasy podcast. all right welcome in everybody this is jared palmgren host of the chase of the natty podcast i hope you guys are having a wonderful wonderful time while you are listening to this whether you're listening to us in the car you listening to us at home cozy on your couch maybe the fire is burning in the corner it is getting that time of year cozy holiday times you guys know how it is uh but anyway we're not here to talk about that um again hope you guys are doing very well for you um today um yeah it's it's playoff time for cff leagues and a lot of you guys congratulations have made it to the playoffs in your home leagues or whatever leagues that you're playing in. whether you're playing for money whether you're playing for bragging rights it all matters at the end of the day um yeah so it's do or die time we got a lot to get to here um i got six big games i want to talk about Uh, i'll be breaking those down Uh, Just my thoughts on the game, telling you who I think will win, but also in addition, I'll be telling you which players I think are important, which ones I think will have good fantasy days in those games. And then after that, we're going to touch on, I think I have, let's see, seven. I have seven different uh, high over-under games that I'm going to get to, and that's where I'm really going to break down some players for you guys that I think are set to have some pretty pretty good weekends. Uh, this week pretty good fantasy days this weekend try that one more time jared i can't try it again i just did it anyway we'll continue moving on y'all it's been a long day uh bear with me uh again i hope you guys are doing well uh let me just do my normal little spiel you guys know how it is Uh, If you're listening, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button right down below. We've been getting a couple more subscribers. And I have to say, I think it's because I'm giving you you guys this spiel every single time. It's just a little reminder. Hit that subscribe button down below. Make sure you turn on the notifications. All that good jazz. So if I got you subscribed, y'all do me an extra favor. Leave a comment down below. Um, Really, it could be almost about anything. It could be... I've said before, you can talk about my hair, you can talk about um, Jared, um, I don't think this pick was very smart, or Jared what do you think about this player, or Jared I am sitting here with three different players and I have no idea who to start who should I start? I love answering those kind of questions, I love talking to you guys down below pretty much about anything and maybe you can be just like Brett. Brett is wonderful, Brett leaves us a little wave or a little clap and a little football every single time just to let us know that he is listening every single time. And Brett, I love you for that, man. Shout out to you. So, like I said, got a lot to get to today, guys. Um, but even still, we all know this is the big week. It's playoff times, no more room for error. You lose, you go home. And a lot of you guys, I can, I, I can tell, just going around discourse, going around talking to people in DM chats and everything right now, Everybody is just so wound up tight going into these playoff games. And guys, I get it. Again, I get it. It's do or die time. You lose, you go home. A lot of you guys got some serious, I mean serious money on the line here. Again, I get it. But y'all, just remember at the end of the day, it's just another fantasy game. In terms of your preparation for it. Obviously, again, the stakes are big. But... Your process shouldn't really change going into this week. Don't try to psych yourself out this week. Play your lineups as you would normally play them. All right? You are going to be just fine regardless. Even still, um, but like I said, at the end of the day, I get it, y'all. It's a great time if you've made the playoffs. Just think about it. you made the playoffs, you're doing better than at least 8 to or you're doing better than probably at least two-thirds if not more of your league so far so again just pat yourselves on the back take a deep breath got a long weekend ahead I had some good stuff already um had Maxion earlier this week great great time with that um i had lou nichols in several leagues i had brian kobach in one of my leagues and i had trayvon rudolph in several of my leagues and they all really paid off for me this week, and I know a lot of you guys really love cashing in on that match in action every single week, so that we had that. right now we got Louisville and um, got Louisville and uh, Duke playing right now. and if you have uh, Malik Cunningham or you are fi- if you have Malik Cunningham, congratulations to you. Uh, you're well on your way to winning your first round of the playoffs. Um, if you don't have Malik Cunningham and you're facing them, uh, good luck. Uh, You can definitely still win it, but it's going to be an uphill climb for you. I will just say that. Um, Anyway, I've talked on long enough here in this intro. We got some games to hit up here. Uh, Like, as always, um, I I don't think I ever finished my spiel earlier. Anyway, like, subscribe, um, comment down below. You guys know the drill. If you're listening on Spotify, follow us there. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave a five-star review. Those are always welcome. And if you want to ask me any kind of questions, best places to find me are down right there in the comments section. And or you can follow me on Twitter. I am at CFF underscore Jared. If you want to talk to my co-host, CFF underscore Xavier is his tag. He is unfortunately not with us tonight. Uh, Some of you have been asking where is he at. And basically the short I'm going to give you guys is that he's just working on some stuff that uh, he's just not available. And the. I'm not privy to share with you guys right now. But he's fine. He's fine. Just letting y'all know that he is fine. But at the end of the day, it is por- some personal stuff. And the show must go on. So here I am talking to you guys. So with that out of the way, appreciate y'all listening. Let's go talk about some games here, all right? So first game clearly that we have to talk about this weekend is this weekend's top 10 matchup. And that is going to be number seven, Michigan State. On the road at number four, Ohio State. Ohio State's a 19-point favorite here. This is the noon game on ABC. I am shocked Fox did not try to steal this game from us, but it's on noon anyway. Um, this is actually one of the over-under games of the week, but again, because it's a ranked matchup, we're going to talk about it here. They got their own little helmet graphic, uh, but the over-under on this game is 67.5. So, this game's been kind of an interesting back-and-forth I've seen all week where... Everybody wants their guy in this game to be the breakout star. And you can really, if you all haven't listened to the roundtable from uh, 247, they did a Heisman, um, Heisman roundtable. And really this game starts and ends with two guys, CJ Stroud and Kenneth Walker. Um, or at least it, this game starts with them. Uh, Kenneth Walker has been the show for Michigan State, uh, which isn't entirely fair because Michigan State, has an explosive passing game, it's just not a consistent one. But Kenneth Walker is who keeps them in their game. He's clearly a Heisman contender at this point. There's no doubt about that. Anybody who doesn't think he is, is just, I don't know, sticking their head in the sand. I don't know. Um, But he's set to go up against Ohio State this weekend. Ohio State's run defense, while it's been better in recent weeks, definitely has been the source of their struggles on defense so far this year. So, a lot of people expecting Kenneth Walker to do well in this game. But... We go on to the other side of the coin here. We got C.J. Shroud. Quarterback for Ohio State. Going up against Michigan State, who currently has one of the worst secondaries in the country. Not the Big Ten, the country. So you got C.J. Shroud back there. You got clearly first-round talents in Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and the complete and utter emergence of Jackson Smith and Jigba coming in at the right time they have three just monsters at wide receiver for Ohio State you guys know all this but and then I have other people telling me that this is going to be a Travion Henderson game and I'll be honest I just I don't see okay Travion Henderson is going to have a good game regardless I don't see him putting up the numbers, though, that he has been in the past couple of weeks. Michigan State has been very good against the run. Their leaks come through the passing game. And it just happens to be that Ohio State has one of the best passing games in the country right now with, like I said, three just almost unguardable weapons out wide in JSN, Garrett Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave. So I don't see why Ohio State wouldn't try to pick on their secondary more than anything else, especially when Michigan State's secondary is that bad. Trevion I think, is still going to get plenty of work here, but even still, last week we saw him get about even shares with Mayan, uh, Mayan Williams, and trust me, I like Mayan Williams. He was a guy that um, I was kind of expecting at the beginning of the year that he might be the surprise guy in the Ohio State backfield Well, he got hurt. Trayvon Henderson took his opportunities, literally ran with it, and he's now the clear starter. But even still, Mike Williams is getting plenty of carries. I just don't know if Trayvon Henderson is set to have the monster game that a lot of people are going to want him to have in a playoff scenario. The guys who I think I'm going to go off here, again, I'm all on board with anybody in the Ohio State passing game. Chris Olave, JSN, Garrett Wilson, throw them all out. Especially in PPR leagues, throw them all out. Uh, C.J. Schrapp, put him out there. I think they're going to have a field day against this uh, Michigan State uh, secondary. Again, Kenneth Walker, I think, is still going to be the focal point for Michigan State. I would not be surprised if Michigan State tries to pass on Ohio State uh, relatively early on in this game, trying to keep Ohio State honest. Because if Ohio State keys in on Kenneth Walker and Michigan State can't throw the ball worth anything in this game. They just can't get any of their uh, explosive pass plays going. Um, Ohio State's going to run away with this thing. Kenneth Walker's going to have a terrible day, and we're all going to be sad for it. Um, But even still, I think Michigan State is going to be able to hit enough of those explosive plays, keep Ohio State from stacking the box, let Kenneth Walker run a little bit. But at the end of the day, I just don't see, especially playing in the big shoe, I don't see Michigan state being able to pull off a second game where they're able to um, win a shootout, especially one against a much better Ohio state offense than a Michigan offense. So I'm going to take Ohio state here to win. Um, And again, the guys that I'm really looking at here, it's, it's it's the studs It's CJ Stroud. It's um, it's Kenneth Walker. It's, all three of the wide receivers from Ohio State. The only person I'm slightly fading here is going to be Travion Henderson. I don't think he's set to have a monster game this weekend. And you could probably find some better matchups in my opinion. Okay, we'll move on to the second game here. Uh, Another ranked-v-ranked matchup here. We got three of those this week, so we're gonna a little spoiled this week. Sorry, just had to take a look at my juice. So, We have the Arkansas Razorbacks going up against the Alabama Crimson Tide, number 21 versus number two. Alabama favored by 20 and a half points. Uh, By the way, 20 and a half points, that is a big, big betting number there. Um, Because I normally, if this was minus 21, I probably would have taken Arkansas. Uh, In this, because I don't see Bama beating Arkansas by more than three touchdowns, but I don't know exactly three touchdowns, and that's still enough to get me the Bama spread. That that that's enticing there. Anyway, it's not a betting show. Uh, I don't know why I went down that tangent. Uh, this is a CFF show, so you guys are going to want to know about some of the players in this game. And when it comes to the Bama offense, it's going to be basically start them all as much as you can. Bryce Bryce Young, no reason to sit him in this game. Uh, Jameson Williams, no reason to sit him in this game. Um. Ryan Robinson had a real, real tough day against LSU's defense. Um, so he might be somewhat of a fade here because Arkansas has a pretty good D-line. The thing about Arkansas is that their secondary as the year has gone along has really just been banged up. They lost uh, Catalan there in the secondary and ever since he went down really, they kind of lost their quarterback in the secondary there. So they've been kind of been beat pretty badly through the air by a lot of pretty good passing attacks. And, well, the unfortunate thing for Arkansas is that Alabama has one of the better passing attacks in the country. Uh, Jamison Williams, John Medici, I think are both going to have field days here. Um, and I guess that Bryce Young, he'll be, he'll be plenty for you there. Now, who do I think on the Arkansas side of things that we need to be looking at? Well, I mean... It's, I'm, I'm not going to say... I don't, I don't really expect anybody to have a truly explosive game from Arkansas unless something really, really weird happens on Bama's defense. Um, however, I could see Traylon Burks getting behind the, the Bama defense on some miscommunication, so I can see him doing pretty well there. K.J. Jefferson, I think him having an added dynamic with his legs would definitely help him out. If Hedon Hooker was able to put up 25 points on Bama's defense when he played against them in Tuscaloosa, I can see KJ Jefferson probably getting up to that point. If not, maybe a little bit higher because of that dual threat ability. Um, I don't see him passing as well on Bama, but I can definitely see him using his legs a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I'm not super confident in Arkansas winning this game. Like, would it... If Arkansas beat Bama, would I be super happy for them? Of course, of course, of course I would be. But I just don't see it. Like I said, the mismatch between Arkansas secondary and Bama's passing game, I think it's just gonna be too much for them. And as soon as they try to commit to that a little bit, they'll start opening up some holes in the run game for Bama. And I really just don't, I just don't see it going Arkansas's way. So I'll take Alabama to win this game not a super surprise uh, but again the guys I'm really looking at here Bama passing game I'm liking a lot here um, so Bryce Young uh, John Medici, Jamison Williams those three guys right there and then on Arkansas side, Arkansas side I like Traylon Burks mostly because again he's a, he's a stud and I don't really see much reason really to to um, sit him and everything but if you find better matchups on your roster go with them probably. It's hard to really start anybody against Bama whenever you can, so I just wouldn't. Like I said, I'm taking Bama to win this game. Alright. We'll go with our third ranked-feet ranked matchup. We got number three Oregon at number 23 Utah. Utah favored by three points here. This is a seven thirty game on ESPN. Um... I'm not gonna lie, them having Utah favored in this game, I'm not gonna say it was a head scratcher because I think Utah's playing some great football right now. They are a legitimately good football team. I gave up on them way too early on in the season. They went like they started the year off like one and two, lost to San Diego State, but it turns out they're a great football or they're a pretty good football team. Um, and Utah clearly just hadn't had things figured out yet with the quarterback situation. Um, they still had Charlie Brewer starting back then. Uh, Cameron Rising really wasn't the guy until we got later on down here in the, uh down here in the second half of the season. Tavian Thomas has been just was absolutely lights out there for a couple weeks at Utah. They held him out of last week's game, which was a little concerning, but they said it was mostly out of precaution because I think they're playing against Arizona so there wasn't really a reason to like fully expect him or They didn't expect to need him, and they didn't, quite frankly. But uh, let's talk about some uh, things I like about both teams in this game. I hate to say it, but, like, Oregon is at the disadvantage at quarterback here. Cameron Rising has really, really added a dynamic to this Utah offense that I don't think Charlie Brewer is ever really able to inject into their offense. And... I think most Oregon fans would agree with me that like Anthony Brown, while serviceable, while consistent, or like or no, no, he's consistent in CF, but but like while he can be just serviceable, he is not elevating this Oregon team by any stretch of the imagination, really through the air or by his legs. Like, yeah, he can rush. Uh he can take off and run if he needs to, but even still. He's not, like, a game-breaking quarterback versus Cameron Rising, who I'm not going to say is a game-breaking quarterback, but he's definitely performing at a higher level here. Um, And then, um, yeah, like, hold on. Let me collect my thoughts again here. The thing that is still going to push me towards Oregon, I'm going to take Oregon to win this game um mostly because when it it it's called it a gut feeling but like when when people expect an upset a lot of times that's when people are surprised by the non upset uh, cuz everybody's pointing at this game and saying like oh this is where this is where Oregon goes down utah's a great football team if they have Tavy and Thomas this game's going to be a real this is this is going to be a nail biter absolute nail biter um i think the thing at the end of the day is Oregon, I think, is going to play well enough on defense to slow down Utah just enough. And I will, t- like I said, I'm going to take Oregon. Um, again, guys I'm looking out for in this game. Uh, Tavian Thomas, obviously a uh, Utah. If, he, if he's in, he's full go. Uh, Brant Q's tight end there. He's, he's, he's a good plug-and-play guy. Uh, you never know when he's going to kind of go off in one of their games. He's definitely an upside pick there. Um uh, And then on Oregon's side, really, it's just Travis Dye. Uh, Ever since C.J. Riddell went down, Travis Dye's overtaken that backfield completely, and he has become a monster for them. He's basically been the guy that, um, when all else fails, Oregon can rely on him. This is a game where I think Oregon's just going to out-talent Utah, despite the fact that I think that Utah is playing at a higher level I think this is the kind of game where Oregon can wear down the Utes throughout the game. And they're going to win a close one. I'm going to say Oregon wins a close one. So let's move on to number our fourth game here. Um, going to the ACC with this one. Uh, we got numbers 10, Wake Forest at Clemson. Clemson, a three-point favorite in this game. Uh, this is the noon ESPN game. This I threw on here. Because we have a ranked team not favored in this situation against Clemson. Where does Clemson get these three points? I don't get it. I don't. Uh, I'm saying way for us to win this one. I don't see where Clemson wins this game. Their offense still, still has not provided me any true measure that tells me that they are improved enough to take on this Wake Forest team. Now Wake Forest's defense is not great, don't get me wrong, but we've seen, we've seen Clemson not perform very well on defense, or uh, even not perform well against pretty rough defenses there in the ACC. We've seen them not perform well against Pitt. We've seen them not perform well against um, uh, Georgia Tech. There's a lot of teams that Clemson just has not performed well, even if they have a rough defense. And Wake Forest currently has, I believe, the highest scoring offense in the country. They've been absolutely insane. And they put up a, a ton of points on some pretty good defenses there in the AAC, or um, the ACC, excuse me. Um, so I just, I don't see a way that Clemson's able to really keep up in this game. Um, Wake Forest is going to hit too many big plays. Now, who am I looking at in this game? Well, on Wake Forest side of things, you start your studs. Um, Sam Hartman, uh, A.T. Perry, Ja'Cory Roberson, I probably would cut it off there. Again, this Clemson defense is still pretty good, so I don't think anybody should expect them to have monster games like they've had the past couple of weeks. Um, But I still think you should expect them to have some pretty good days. Um, On the Clemson side of things, I'm not going to tell anybody to roster DJ Uyagalele or any of the Clemson receivers right now. Um, the only name I'm really going to point out here is because I think he's probably the most talented player on the offensive side of the ball for Clemson right now has really become the only consistent thing for them and that's going to be Will Shipley Um, held out last week's game they're trying to get him as healthy as possible I think they're getting him healthy for this game in particular so I expect him to get the ball get the ball often I think he's going to have a pretty good day against this Wake Forest defense but all that being said I, again, I don't know where Clemson is getting these three points from. I know it's a home field advantage, uh, so you, that takes away three points right there. But even so, that's, that's Vegas saying these are two dead-even teams. I don't see that. I really don't. I see a Wake Forest offense that everybody has struggled to slow down, and Clemson's offense, quite simply, even against bad defense, just can't get a ton going. If this is a week that changes, I'll happily be wrong. But I'm going to take Wake Forest to win this one in a technical upset. We'll head up the next game here. Here's my Group of Five love of the week. Um, this is this game lost some shine to it because everybody was hoping this would be undefeated G5 under versus undefeated G5. But we got SMU at number five, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, an eleven and a half point favorite, three thirty game on ESPN. This is another one of our. High over under games, but again, they're here. Here they are on the helmet games. Um, like I said, this game kind of lost some of the luster because SMU drops a game to Houston, drops a game to um, Memphis. Uh, that that one was a real head scratcher. Um I think that loss to SMU or that loss to Memphis is really what's driving this point total of Cincinnati having an eleven and a half point favoritism here at Vegas. I think that's too high, in my opinion. Um, Cincinnati has obviously looked like the best group of five team. They're the highest ranked group of five team of all time in the playoff poll. So clearly they're doing a ton right now. But the thing that a lot of people haven't really keyed in on is that their offense really leaves a lot to be desired, in my opinion, especially when their run game really doesn't get going. And with Jerome Ford injured... He was out last game. They held him out um, last game. Possibly could have gone. May have just done it as a precaution. But even still, their offense is the reason currently why Cincinnati can't put away truly bad teams in the group of five right now. Uh, we saw it against Navy. We saw it against Tulsa. I, a lot of people want to throw in their performance against USF last week in this whole like streak of bad performances for Cincy I'm not gonna do that quite as much now USF clearly was just fighting tooth and nail as long as they could and I think Cincinnati um definitely was letting them come back into the game a little bit longer but you guys you gotta remember at the end of the day that was still like a 20 point win for Cincinnati I'm not gonna knock them for that much for that anyway I'm getting off track here um who to look for in this game well Desmond Ritter, I expect to have a pretty good pretty good day, especially if Jerome Ford continues to be out. Again, no official word on that, but if Jerome Ford is out of this game, I have to imagine that Cincinnati is going to try to use Desmond Ritter's legs just a little bit more because they aren't ready to rely on guys behind him like Cleveland, like um uh God, what's his name? Uh Montgomery. Uh Ryan Montgomery. They're not ready to rely on guys like that as their main backs. So I expect Ritter to get a little bit more work on the ground. And then SMU's passing defense leaves a ton to be desired. So I actually expect uh, Ritter to throw this ball around a little bit more. Josh Wiley has really come on the past couple weeks, finally. God, I was waiting for him in the beginning of the year and I dropped him in several leagues because I thought he would take off. And well, now he's taken off now. Uh, but Josh Wiley, uh, Alec Pierce, really has been kind of a favorite target for him uh, throughout the year. So I expect him to do well in this game. And then on the SMU side of things, I mean, Cincinnati's defense is stingy. So if you're looking for Mordecai to put up the crazy numbers that he was putting up earlier this year, I don't think you should expect that. Um, one guy I'm heavily, heavily interested in, really two guys, with Danny Gray out, and it looks like he's out, out. Um, except to the senior bowl invite the other day, um, hearing from some uh, SMU insiders that it's very unlikely that he goes this week. Um, but with him out, you got to look at the other pass catching options there in SMU. Uh, even if it's a stingier defense against uh, Cincinnati, the fact that a huge um, volume catcher, Danny Gray, is now out, those targets got to be distributed to somebody else. And so you got to look at guys like Reggie Roberson. You got to look at guys like Rushy Rice. And even more towards uh, the um, tight end of Mr. Uh, Calcaterra. I think he's absolutely going to be A piece for them to use going forward now that they don't have Danny Gray out there. So those are some guys I'm thinking about for this matchup. Now in terms of who wins this game Let's think about this for a second. Um, Again, I think this point total is too big Um, I Think they're punishing SMU a little bit here because they underperformed against Memphis, which understandable I get it on some degree, but also SMU when their offense gets hot, they can continue to be hot and be a hard hard team to really put away. Um I don't think this is where Cincinnati slips up. I think that they pass this test at home. If Cincinnati slips up, I think they slip up in the AAC championship against Houston upcoming here soon. So I'm going to take Cincinnati to win this point or win this one, but if I if I was a betting man, on the point spread I probably would take SMU and the points here. All right so we'll have our last helmet to helmet game here and I basically threw this one on here because this is another surprise point spread for me here. Number 11 Baylor on the road at Kansas State. Kansas State the one point favorite here. Uh, 530 game on FS1. Uh, This one's kind of a head scratcher for me. Um, the only the only thing I can really think of why you would favor Kansas here, or Kansas State here is like, oh, it's Baylor coming off a huge win against uh, Oklahoma at home. This is a they're on the road now. This is a huge letdown spot. But the problem is that's not how Vegas thinks. Vegas doesn't care about letdown spots. They don't care about the emotion of it. They look at these two teams as they are their talent, how well they've been performing, and they still come out here with Kansas State being the one-point favorite at home. Now, that tells me that they still think that Baylor is a two-point favorite on a neutral site uh, in this scenario, but even still, like, again, Kansas State, let's talk about some players I might want to key in on here. I mean, obviously, Deuce Vaughn has been incredible for the Wildcats for them this year, both in the passing game and on the ground. Uh Skylar Thompson, still one of my favorite uh QBs to just kind of throw out there every once in a while just in case he has one of those wild games where he runs for three touchdowns for some reason. Um Malik Knowles has been a great wide receiver for them, but none of that tells me that none of that screams upset of Baylor potential. But now let's look like at Baylor side of things. Um Really, it's been a three-headed monster there. Jerry Bohan and his rushing ability has been incredible for them. I think it's been a huge, huge dynamic changer for Baylor this year um, versus last year. When I think Jacob Zeno was the main quarterback. And then Abram Smith and Tristan Ebner, that duo at running back, has been exceptional for them. And then Taquan Thornton uh, really has kind of emerged as that wide receiver one. And he's been the guy, the go-to guy for them in that uh, passing game. So, basically when I kind of match those up together versus like... If I match Bohannon, Thornton, and Abram Smith up against Kansas State's defense versus Kylo Thompson, Deuce Vaughn, and Malik Knowles against Baylor's defense. Baylor's got a much better defense. I just really don't see where this point... coming from this is not a game i would bet by any stretch of the imagination again i just don't i i have a hard time wrapping my head around the idea that this is anything but a baylor win here so i guess i'm going to take baylor in a technical upset so those are kind of head head games next we'll move on to the high over under games This is where i'm really going to kind of break into several more players for you guys and let's just go ahead and get started with that. Oh, I lost my cursor. There we go. <sighs> Sorry. got to take another swig of juice. So, we got seven of these games for you guys this week. So let's go ahead and get started. First one we're going to talk about here, Dune Game, uh, not available on any channel, but it is Florida Atlantic at Western Kentucky, 12 p.m. over or under of 65. Well... Let's just start with the Western Kentucky side of things. These guys have been in our, I think, in our over-under section every single week. So if you've been listening, you know the, you know the names I'm about to list. Uh, Bailey Zap is um, matchup proof at this point. You put him out against whoever you're playing against. Uh, Jared Stearns as well. And our guy, Mitchell Tinsley, really has become the 1A, 1B wide receiver for this Western Kentucky offense no reason why he shouldn't be owned on several several leagues at this point i think last time i checked before waiver wires this week he was owned on about 30 percent might have jumped up a little bit higher than that but even still it's probably still too low uh you can probably go find him on your waiver wire this week if you're on in a playoff game and nobody else picked him up so i absolutely think you should look for him uh now for atlantic side of things you're gonna find all three of these guys on your waiver wires um, I don't love I don't love the matchup here for them. But again, if you're in a if you're in a stingy situation, you don't like you just have some bad matchups coming up this week. Um, I do think Nikosi Perry could fill in as a QB for them. Again, when teams get into shootouts with Western Kentucky, it can be a fun day as a fantasy owner because suddenly your quarterback is being forced to be in a situation where they have to pass the ball a ton. So I think Nikosi Perry is worth a look here. And then his wide receiver one, uh, Lajonte Wester, I think absolutely is worth a look here. And then Johnny Ford, um, definitely one, uh, I know it's uh, one of Eric Froton's favorites. Um, I think going up against Western Kentucky's rush defense, I think he can have a field day as well, especially if they're able to take an early lead and keep Western Kentucky off the field a little bit. I think Johnny Ford is absolutely somebody who could benefit a ton from a situation like that. So those are my guys for that game. Let's take a look at our second game here. And we got Maction on Saturday. We have Kent State at Akron. This is the noon game on ESPN plus over under of 70 freaking five. My God, I mean, I, I don't know we have we have like a seventy pointer every week but even still that's just crazy to me um, and guys there's a ton of value in this game ton ton of value obviously if you have Dustin Crum you're you're playing him this week in the playoffs there's no reason not to but and then Dante is clearly is wide receiver one you're gonna want to play him there as well but there's tons of guys out there that are still available on, probably on the free agent market for you guys to pick up Marquez Cooper quickly becoming my favorite under-the-radar Mac player that really nobody's really talking about that much. A lot of people see running backs like McDuffie. They see guys like um, Ducker, who I like, Ducker. Um, they see guys like um, Lou Nichols, Bryant Kobach. These are all guys that are doing extremely well and obviously deserve all the praise. But Marquez Cooper has become such an incredibly important piece of this Kent State offense. Um, And he's really the guy that keeps the chains moving for them. So I think he's absolutely worth a pickup, especially going up against Akron, who is currently one of, if not the worst team in the country against the rush. I think if they're not one, they're not 130, but I think they're like 122 or to 126, somewhere in that range. They're awful against the run. Marquez Cooper is going to have a field day against them. And then if you don't have Dante Cephas, another wide receiver should absolutely, absolutely pick up. Former Syracuse wide receiver, Hakeem Johnson, absolutely, I think, is worth a buy low, maybe get some high production out of him this week if your wide receivers just don't have great matchups and you're worried about it. So I think he's worth a pickup. Now, on the Akron side of things, there's value here as well. Uh, Zach Gibson, the quarterback, is going up against Kent State's defense, who is currently 129th against the pass. Uh, Akron's a terrible team you that's about as close as you can get to playing against air through the air as possible. And I think even the worst of teams can find success there, especially when you have a wide receiver like Kanota Mumfield, who's been absolutely exceptional for them in terms of the volume that he has been getting. So in PPR leagues, he's wonderful. And then they have another wide receiver, Michael Matheson, who's been getting almost as many targets and receptions as Mumfield. Now, Mumfield's is finding the end zone just a little bit more. But even so... Michael Matheson if you're playing in a much deeper league he's absolutely worth somebody picking up here as well. So matching on Saturday over under 75 uh, pretty much everybody in this game is going to be worth it. Now I don't think this I tried. I couldn't find an Akron running back that I really wanted to recommend but uh, all those guys before I mentioned though absolutely worth all playing them in my opinion. So set up our third game here we got going to the Sun Belt. We got Arkansas State at Georgia State. 2 p.m. game on ESPN 3. Uh, if you have ESPN Plus, you can get it there as well. Uh, over under on this game, 65 and a half. Well, again, Arkansas State, another one of these teams that pretty much finds their way onto this over under list every single week. So I'll run through them real quick. Lane Hatcher, Corey Rucker, Tevalen Jeff Foreman. Those are all guys that I've been recommending pretty much every single week. Um, for this section. I'll throw in this week Lincoln Pair. I don't know why I haven't been recommending him as well. Um, Mostly because I guess Arkansas State falls behind in most games, so they have to go to the pass in order to keep up with the teams that they're facing. But even so, Lincoln Pair, um, if they are able to keep this game relatively close, Lincoln Pair has become a possible clear RB1 for Arkansas State going forward. And I think Butch Jones wants to get to that point where he has a running back that he can rely on to keep them in games. So he's definitely worth a look here. Don't think he's a start. But if you're really, really struggling at running back, he might be somebody to keep an eye on here. But if you want better running back value, I'd say look at the other side of this game Um, for Georgia State. Tucker Gregg, running back for Georgia State, took over. Uh, Destin Coast took over um, Jameis Williams. Uh, he's really become the clear running back one for Georgia State. And if you've played CFF in the past, that is a hugely, hugely productive role for somebody to win. So Tucker Greggs absolutely worth a look here this weekend. And then um, Darren Granger, uh, quarterback for uh, Georgia State, I think is going to have a pretty good day, especially when he has three pass catchers pass-catching options in Jamari Thrash, Sam Pinckney, and Roger Carter. I wouldn't highly recommend putting Thrash or Pinkney in your starting lineup this week. Roger Carter, I think, is absolutely worth putting in as tight end. He hasn't been finding the end zone very well recently, but regardless, I think he's um, he'll get you your volume, especially if you're in a PPR league, that will make you happy. So, we'll hit up our fourth game here. We have Virginia. At number 18, Pittsburgh, 330 game on ESPN2, over under of 66. Man, these ACC games just keep on giving. Uh, Not a ton of defense really being played in the ACC outside of Clemson, outside of NC State, outside of, um, good Lord, what was another team that, that, yeah, pretty much NC State and Clemson. Everybody else is just giving away points right now. Uh, or if you just want to be Louisville for some reason one week and just shut down Syracuse for three points, thanks, Louisville. Um, my Garrett Schrader shares love that. Anyway, um, so for Virginia, uh, if Brendan Armstrong starts, like, there's, that's a no-brainer. He, he, he better be in your starting lineup. Uh, Dontavian Wicks, we all know him. Uh, Keontae Thompson has been a guy that's been interesting to put in as a flex because he just gets work through the air and on the ground, He's a real life flex. Like they they play him as both in that offense. I think he's worth it. And then a tight end. I've been I've been singing this guy's praises all year long because he started off so hot, got injured, slowly been making his way back. But Jelani Woods, the tight end for Virginia, just an absolute monster red zone target for Brent Armstrong, whoever's starting for Virginia. So I think he's absolutely worth a start at tight end. Moving over to the Pittsburgh side of things, we got Kenny Pickett. Duh. But Israel, a Beniconda, the running back for Pittsburgh. This, I think, is... Again, a lot of us have been super frustrated because we see the talent in Izzy. But the problem is that they just haven't really been giving him the carries that he needs. to. Well, we're starting to get to that point. Slowly but surely becoming that RB1 there at Pittsburgh. And Virginia, if you haven't been following Virginia the past couple weeks... Monster game for Tyler Algier when they played BYU. Monster game for Kyron Williams when they played. Virginia's rushing defense is a joke. And Israel Abenakonda is definitely a guy that can take advantage of a poor rushing defense. And if they just give him the opportunities, I think he's going to have a great day. Might be a great um, sleeper pick for you this upcoming weekend. Um, And then obviously... Jordan Addison, Jared Wayne, those two guys have been on fire for the passing game for Pittsburgh, and then my guy that I've been hyping up all year long, uh, he's hit or miss, but Lucas Kroll, the tight end, I think if you're looking for a tight end, he's more than likely still available in your league, and you can kind of plug him in as a pretty reliable guy. So, uh, moving from the ACC, we'll go over to the SEC, let me take a drink real quick. All right. Going to the SEC. We got Florida at Missouri. 4 p.m. game on the SEC network. Over under of 69.5. Uh, you better take that over after what Florida allowed Sanford to put up on them last week. I can only imagine what Mizzou's ready to do with them. Um, yeah. So let's look at Florida here. Uh, some of the players we're going to be looking at here. Uh, by now. Everybody knows that Mizzou's rushing defense is something to pick on. Uh, they are one of the worst in the country, which is a shame. Shame on Mizzou for being an SEC team and being one of the worst teams in the country in terms of rushing defense. Uh, but even so, we all know that, so we're going to pick on it. Damian Pierce, running back out of Florida. This dude is a guy that, in my opinion, has should have been getting much more carries as the season has gone on. I'm a Georgia fan. Uh, during, the, during the cocktail party, every time Damian Pierce touched the ball, um, I got scared as a Georgia fan. I'll be real. Uh, because he was a guy that was consistently running on us, p- uh, putting up some first downs and such. And I was shocked when Florida just wouldn't continuously work with him. And I hope they do that here against Missouri. I think Damian Pierce can absolutely be a guy that you could plug into your lineup this week. Emory Jones less through the air, but his rushing ability I think is something that can uh, that people can take advantage of this week. And then, if you want to believe that he can uh, put up some or put up some passing performance, uh, Jacob Copeland and Justin Shorter I think are the two guys to take advantage of there. Uh, moving over to the Missouri side of things, there's one name and one name only, and if he's not already in your starting lineup, what are you doing? It's Tyler Beatty. I guys, I looked. Quarterback, Connor Bazelike, I don't trust that. Uh, wide receivers, <sniffs> Kiki Kism, Buki Cooper, no. Nah, none of that. So, yeah, Tyler it's Tyler Beatty and Tyler Beatty only. He's been the entire offense for Missouri. He's going to be drafted next year. He's been absolutely incredible for them. Um, but, yeah, there's nobody else in Missouri that I want to even really recommend here. So, we'll hit up our sixth game here. Going back over to the Big 12. We got uh, Kansas at TCU. This is a 4 p.m. game on ESPN Plus or the Big 12 Network if you have that in your area. Over/under 64 and a half, right outside of our range, but you know what? It was close enough. I just wanted to throw it in here, mostly because I want to talk about my guy, or I say my guy. It's a guy I'm rooting for. Um, I'll be honest. I think it was uh, Alf- it was Alfred from uh, C2C Campus of Cannon really put me on. Uh, Devin Neal, and I'm telling you, he is worth a start for your playoff uh, teams this week. We saw what he did to uh, Texas last week. Just an absolutely monster game there, and a lot of people are going to tell me, like, oh, it's Texas. Oh, their D-line's bad. Their rushing defense is not good. Well, they're going up against TCU, who is well over 100, in terms of the placement of their rushing defense. So I see Devin Neal having another field day against his TCU rushing defense. And if you want to go on the TCU side of things, they're absolutely going to put up some points as well. But the main guys you're going to want to look at here is Chandler Morris and Quentin Johnson. I would put Kendre Miller, uh, but I'm not sure that he'll be seeing a full 100% workload as the RB1 for TCU this week. He's coming off injury zach evans i believe is out for this game again so i'm not going to recommend him here either so yeah three guys i'll be looking for in this game devin neal chandler morris and quentin johnson we hit up our last game here going out west of the pac-12 we got ucla at usc and the guys i'll be looking for in this game uh really battle for los angeles here if we're being real um I was looking at in this game. Uh, so on UCLA side of things, Zach Charbonnet, I think, is set to have a great game in this game. I believe Britton Brown is expected to be out for this game. So he is the um, clear number one back there with Britton Brown being out. Um, and then just the other guys that are all, you always kind of want to look for for UCLA. Uh, Kyle Phillips, Greg Dolchers, um, and DTR. All worth looks. None of them are... Guys, that I am set to say, absolutely should be in your lineup this week. Like, I don't think it's that kind of matchup. Zach Charbonnet is probably the only one that I would say, like, he's definitely look a, worth a long look for your starting lineup this week. And then um, the other, we'll go to the uh, uh, USC side of things. Jackson Dart is set to have his first career start uh, for USC in college. I think he's going to try to make the most of it and so he's absolutely worth looking at as a start um if you're struggling at qb and you don't have good matchups for your qb positions jackson Dart's still available on a wide variety of free agent pulls and then the guys he's throwing to are guys that you're going to want to take a look at you're talking about guys like taj washington you're talking about guys like gary bryant jr uh both of those guys i think are set to be pretty productive in the usc offense and then Keontae Ingram really has come along and as a uh, clear RB1 for USC going forward. So I think he's absolutely worth a look. Again, basically the only guy I'm like super 100% sure that you should put in your starting lineup is Jackson Dart. Gary Brighton Jr. is close to for me saying that he um, the matchup's good enough for him to be put in your starting lineup, but I'm not entirely sure about his target share going forward. Um, but even so, I like... Jackson Dart in this game. I like Zach Charbonnet. Those are the two guys I'd really recommend coming out of this game. All right. So I think that covers all the games I wanted to kind of line up here for you guys. Um, Yep, we're hitting about 15 minutes here, so a relatively short podcast. But again, that's what happens when I'm the only one talking. And as much as I am a blabbermouth, I do get tired, y'all. So I'll go ahead and wrap things up here real quick. I appreciate you guys listening as always. Um, just remember guys uh, if you're list- watching this on YouTube hit that subscribe button down below make sure you hit that notification bell leave those comments right down there if you're wa- uh, listening to us on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts uh, make sure you follow us there or any really po- um, podcast platform that you are listening to us and then one more thing I'd like to ask you guys find one person who plays college fantasy football that you know whether it's in one of your home leagues or somebody another league that you're playing And if they don't know about our show, send them over to my Twitter at CFF underscore Jared. Send them over to our YouTube channel. You guys know where it is at if you listen to this. And I appreciate you guys so much. Again, great, great weekend we got ahead of us in college football. Again, my Georgia Bulldogs, they're playing Charleston Southern this weekend. So for the most part, I get a break from that. So I get to just watch the rest of the games and see how the uh, rest of the landscape of college football kind of... Um, sets itself up for the upcoming week. So that'll be fun. Playoffs of this weekend. I think out of the eight season long leagues that I'm in that were redrafted dynasty, I made the playoffs in five out of the eight of them. So I consider that pretty good business right there. And so I will be right here along with you guys next week to tell you how I did. And hopefully you guys are right here with me Uh, celebrating your playoff wins. If you guys have any questions, you guys know where to find me. I'm at CFF underscore Jared. Uh, You can ask me any questions you need to on Twitter. And I appreciate you guys. And you all have a wonderful day.